morning, Player Profiler Nation. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. The biggest stories is, of course, that depth charts from every team except two. We don't have the Eagles or the Broncos on official depth charts yet, but still we've got 30 depth charts to look at today. We've got some weird stuff going on with Kareem Hunt, and we've got some camp stories as well. And I see you all in the chat. How is it going, Harry Snowman? How is it going, other Jason? You have a fantastic name. How's it going, the place to be for fantasy football? Chad, my man Chad up here in the chat as well. Glad to see you all. We're having a good morning. We're walking and rolling. Let's go ahead. Let's sit back. Let's relax. Let's sip our coffee and let's enjoy the show. And the first thing that we need to do for Wake and Take is our video of the day. I've got a highlight from you straight out of Detroit Lions, New York Giants joint practices. Here we go. And this is good old Jameer Gibbs going crazy, running a fantastic route and breaking past linebacker Bobby Okurike. And what I love about that is the fact that Okarike is an elite athlete. He has 85th percentile speed, I believe, uh, and is really, really just a fantastic linebacker. Uh, to see him do that, you know, it continues to build up the Jameer Gibbs hype that is continuously building and building this offseason. Next up, we've got a good old Daniel Jones update. Good old Daniel Jones update of... Daniel Jones, uh, I don't know where the uh, overlay went, but the overlay has disappeared. But I've just got some a, a little update from you. This is per Connor Hughes on Twitter. And uh, it was after the joint practices. Of course, we already just talked about the Giants and Lions joint practice, the Jameer Gibbs highlight that it came from. And it, it seemed pretty bad for Daniel Jones. It was a bad day for the offense, specifically Daniel Jones. It might have been the worst he's been all camp. In the five full field 11 on 11 drills, Jones was five of 12 with passing and he was sacked. There was a play where he rolled out right and threw a prayer up for Paris Campbell that CJ Gardner Johnson should have picked off. It wasn't good. And here's the thing about Jones day. Assuming you're looking for a silver lining, the guys were there. It was the quarterback who was off. This wasn't like he was running for his life or taking coverage sack after coverage sack as usually happens when you're truly overmatched. Jones receivers were open. He simply missed the throws because he was wildly erratic. Even the completions looked challenging. Looking rough for Daniel Jones. The hype had been building for him. We've been seeing some really good highlights where he's hitting Jalen Hyatt deep, looking good in camp. Obviously, we had the fantastic playoff performance last year as well and seemed to be stepping in the right direction. Now it seems to be stepping in the wrong direction. I don't like that. You know, I hope he does figure it out. I want Daniel Jones to be good. I mean, we want every player in the NFL to be good. And I do like the storyline that's going on in New York. I will go ahead and read between the lines here and say it's pretty impressive to hear that it's Daniel Jones that's the problem because all offseason we've been saying that the problem will be the receivers. But no, they've been getting open and Daniel Jones just hasn't been able to hit them. At least that was the case in yesterday's practice. Everyone has bad days, so I'm not going to overreact to it yet. If I continuously hear that Daniel Jones is missing players and everything, then you know, I'll be a little worried, you know, and we see it here. The Harry Snowman points it out in the chat player got paid. You know, sometimes we do be seeing, we do be seeing that uh, players, you know, they get the money and, you know, they're, they're not as motivated anymore. 
I hope that's not the case. Again, I'm not going to overreact here too much. I do think it's important to note that, yes, the receivers were getting open, so maybe that receiver core won't be as bad as some are expecting, even if it's not the most fantastic thing in the world. Now, we have some situation evolving with Kareem Hunt. We still don't necessarily know where he's going to go. Yesterday, it was reported that he was going to sign with the Saints pending a physical. But then hours later, it came out that the Colts heard that and offered Kareem Hunt a better contract and told him to come over to Indianapolis. So today he's visiting with the Colts. The signing with the Saints seems to not be happening anymore. And uh, I would be worried if I'm Jonathan Taylor. If I if, if I roster Jonathan Taylor, if I am Jonathan Taylor, I would be a little bit worried. The Colts seem to be pretty invested in solving this running back room. They've already brought in Kenyon Drake and bringing in Kareem Hunt wouldn't be good. And then you've already, of course, got the rookie that you drafted and Deion Jackson coming back. And the Zach Moss injury is reported as not super serious to where he'd be at least ready for you know, early in the season. So it's looking rough for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not going to lie. Now, the Colts did say they're not going to trade him. They said that. Jonathan Taylor wants the trade, of course, wants the big money. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not even going to pretend to speculate on this. I really don't know what's going to happen. I would just start to be a little bit cautious of what's going on. But when you are cautious, that means it's probably a buying opportunity for Jonathan Taylor. If you can get him cheap, if an owner's starting to be hesitant with him, he's still a fantastic athlete. You could go see what that price for Jonathan Taylor is. I would recommend doing that for sure. Now, I'll keep you updated when he does sign. And finally, some news before we get into these depth charts. It's that Eric Benini is too intense, apparently. We've been talking all offseason. I've been hyping him up, loving what he's bringing to the commanders, and hoping that, you know, it, it brings everyone front and center. But reportedly, Ron Rivera had a private meeting with some players that, you know, they were not happy with how intense Eric Benini has been this offseason. And Ron Rivera, being the, the old school coach he is, well, said, you've got to bring it up with Eric Benini himself. And so they had a conversation, these players, with Eric Benini uh, and the enemy, sorry. Uh, and uh, it seems to be sorted now. I do think it's pretty interested, interesting, just kind of the way that the sport has developed, you know, that it's football. Who cares if your coach is intense? That's probably a good thing. Probably a fantastic thing. So again, I'm hyping up the commander's offense this year. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be doing a fantastic job here. Uh, and I love to hear that he is too intense. Uh, before we get into this, de these depth charts, let's hear a little bit of a word about this draft kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet and then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, 
Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. So go get that draft kit. You can use promo code Jason to get the all-in package $10 off. You'll get all the player profiler tools. It's fantastic. And included in the draft kit, not mentioned in that promo, is from yesterday's episode, the Rate My Team tool that Evan Ringler put together. It's a really good tool. It's included in the draft kit as well. The draft kit by Player Profiler, our draft kit, is the best one in the business. So definitely go get that today. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the main points of today's show. And that is looking at these unofficial depth charts. Make sure everything looks good. And chat, you know, let me know if you can't see. I can definitely zoom in a little bit here. We'll just probably focus on the offense today as, you know, this is kind of a fantasy football show. Yes, the defense is important, but we've got a ton of teams to talk about. Why do all the defense and everything? And also, important to note as well that these don't really mean much. I mean, these are the original, the the first, you know, depth chart that comes out. And a ton of things change from from here to when the season actually starts. And a lot of times it's just kind of a a mis. you know, trying to confuse opponents, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but there's still some takeaways to be had here. This looks like an old Jets depth chart, so we won't even look at that one. Sorry, everyone. I guess I don't have the depth Jets depth chart. Here's the Rams. This is the Rams. And, of course, Cooper Cup is starting. Tyler Higby is starting. Matthew Stafford is starting. Cam Akers is starting. Uh, the big thing here is that, it looks like Ben Skoronek is, you know, the, the backup to Cooper Cup, kind of as expected. And Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell will be the two wide receivers that are starting alongside Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua has an opportunity still to kind of work his way up. But right now it looks like he is probably number five. I would imagine Skoronek is ahead of him as well. And Stetson Bennett still hasn't officially beat out Brett Ripien for the backup job. We'll see how that develops. I do think he'll end up getting that number two job. And of course, Cam Akers right here. That's the Rams. Nothing really crazy to take away here. Looks about right. The Jaguars. And this is probably also going to look pretty pretty chalky here, but I am curious. Let's see. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, of course, starting. We've got Evan Ingram, of course, starting. Where is... That's pretty interesting. They don't even have... Oh, wait, here he is. Brendan Strange. Wow, he's not even the second string. Brendan Strange is the third or fourth string tight end. They've got Luke Farrell ahead of him. That's definitely an interesting takeaway. Uh, I mean, he was looking pretty good at the rookie OTAs and everything. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I would hope that he develops into being the backup. They spent a pretty decent draft pick on him. Trevor Lawrence, of course, starting. Travis Etienne, of course, starting. Tank Bigsby has already taken the backup jobs. Snoop Connors bumped all the way down. Dearness Johnson low. Jamichael Hasty, who we thought would probably be listed as the backup, isn't. You know, he's third string. You know, we'll see how that develops continuously. I'd like to see Tank Bigsby already earning that backup job. He is a definitely a very, very valuable handcuff. And 
things don't work out for ETN, he could end up just being a relevant player in general. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, the other two wide receivers among Calvin Ridley. Looks like Jamal Agnew might get some work as well, just based on the positioning here. Nothing else really to take away here, just the Brennan Strange stuff. Tank Bigsby already being the backup is really good. Next up, let's go ahead and look at, this is the Ravens depth chart. This is the Ravens depth chart, and it looks like Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman will be listed as the starters with Zay Flowers as the wide receiver three, Nelson Aguilar or Devin DuVernay as the wide receiver four, I think if I'm reading that correctly. Um, I think Devin DuVernay will probably end up beating out Nelson Aguilar. But, you know, as, as things stand, it makes sense. You know, they just brought him in to, you know, put him in a little bit of a better situation. Lamar Jackson, of course. Gus Edwards listed as the starter, guys. That That's a big takeaway here. J.K. Dobbins, of course, hasn't reported or anything, so that's probably why he's not listed as the starter. But still, Gus Edwards looking to be the starter is interesting for sure. Justice Hill above Melvin Gordon is interesting for sure. And Keaton Mitchell is a name to keep an eye on, incredibly fast player, and went to Eastern Carolina, much like much like Chris Johnson. But Gus Edwards seems to be a value. If, you, if you've been rostering him as a kind of handcuff, you might be happy to see that he's listed as the starter. And I do find it interesting that J.K. Dobbins isn't the starter when Rashad Bateman is listed as the starter, another player who hasn't really reported too much. So something to keep your eye on if you're a J.K. Dobbins owner for sure. And I wouldn't be selling J.K. Dobbins if that's your next question after this, you know, if people are overreacting to seeing him as the backup, you know, you've just got to hold on to him. You've just got to. Let's go ahead and move on to the commanders. I'll zoom in a little bit here as well. The big takeaway here is that Brian Robinson is listed as the starter, guys. Things have not changed from last year. Brian Robinson is who's going to get the major workload. I'm sorry to say it. I know we all want Antonio Gibson to be really, really good. He will be. He's a good athlete. But it's Brian Robinson getting the bulk. It is what it is. I really don't see that changing. Looks like Chris Paul has moved from the NBA to be a left guard. I doubt he can be a very good left guard given his size. He's only like 5'9", 180 pounds. But still, seeing Chris Paul on this list is cool. You love to see multi-sport athletes. Sam Howell already listed as the starter above Jacoby Brissett. We know that it's a little bit of a competition, but I'm just glad to see Sam Howell is listed as the starter. Hopefully, he keeps it up. And then Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, these starting wide receivers. No surprise there. The Seahawks. This I'm definitely interested to see where Jackson Smith and Jigba is. Okay, yeah, so not a starter. And yeah, I mean, we've seen a few now going through this where they list out three wide receivers, but they are not doing that here. They're not. They are not. They are doing two wide receivers still with Tyler Lockett listed as a backup to Tyler Lockett. We'll see. Um, I do think that Jackson Smith and Jigba will end up working into three wide receiver sets. I think that they'll change their offense to kind of fit that a little bit. And I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba will be really, really, really good. Big takeaway here, guys. Kenneth Walker, of course, the starter. Then DJ Dallas, then Kenny McIntosh, then Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet listed as the fourth running back on the Seahawks depth chart. I don't know, guys. I don't know, guys. I haven't been on, on in on Zach Charbonnet since even last year when it, he was starting to get hype at UCLA. I'm a Michigan fan, and I was just never impressed by what he did there and kind of upset that he ended up transferring out. I just really don't think that he's going to be that good of a running back. 
we'll see, right? I mean, but him starting out behind Kenny McIntosh, who they spent a much later draft pick on, is pretty concerning to me. I mean, I know that these things don't aren't the the most important thing in the world, but um, it's definitely something to take note of. Next, this is the Giants, and we've got Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, and Darius Slayton as the starting wide receivers. I think it's very interesting that Sterling Shepard isn't one of those. We see Darren Waller starting at quarterback, of course, Saquon at running back, and Daniel Jones at quarterback. Nothing really crazy to take away here. We're hopefully going to see Jalen Hyatt do something here. Bryce Ford Wheaton really far down. I hope he can bump himself up. Paris Campbell listed as a starter is good. It's very good. Um, He's been impressing at camp, and we hope to see that profile finally hit. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe it'll happen in New York but keep your eye on Jalen Hyatt's movement keep your eye on Sterling Shepard as well I know he's widely available and has historically been a big producer for the Giants so I hope that he can get it going next up we've got the Vikings this is Kirk Cousins of course Alexander Madison of course Um, and then Justin Jefferson of course KJ Osborne listed as the starter above Jordan Addison but I do believe the Vikings will run some three wide receiver sets to where Uh, He will be on the field and hopefully at some point push KJ Osborne out of the wide receiver two spot. This is probably more of just a historic thing. You know, KJ Osborne's been on the team. You've got to let the rookie prove it. I'm not going to overreact too much about it. Um, Nikhil Harry, the new signing really far back, even behind Lucky Jackson. Jalen Rager, of course, really far back as well. And of course, we see TJ Hawkinson here starting at tight end. About standard, right? I mean, this is what you would expect. Um, Yeah. Next up, we've got the Patriots. The Patriots offense is something to behold, right? We have no idea what's going to happen here. Um, but we've got Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster listed as the starters. Tyquan Thornton not named as a starter. I find that interesting. Again, I mean, some of these depth charts have three wide receivers. I'm sure he would be number three on that list. Uh, and, of course, he got the field stretcher role. But I would like to see him listed as a starter. You know, it is what it is, though. And Demario Douglas, this has been one of the bigger names from Patriots camp. He has been impressing to a massive degree. He has. So keep your eye on Demario Douglas. If you have space, go ahead and bring him in. Now, Hunter Henry listed as the starting tight end with Mike Jasicki right behind him. It'll probably stay that way. I mean, I think Hunter Henry's just going to be the starting tight end. He already has the rapport with Mac Jones um and isn't bad by any means Mike Jasicki will probably be used maybe like a Kyle Pitts or something not as a traditional tight end but out wide we'll see how that develops what's interesting here is we've got two running backs Ramondre Stevenson as a starter and Ty Montgomery as a starter I'm sure that means that Ty Montgomery right now is the pass catching running back but as we know they are in the running back market for sure they're still looking around now next up we have the Falcons and the biggest story from this of course is that Bijan Robinson is listed as the running back three. I'm not going to be too concerned about that yet. Um, I think it's just because, of course, Tyler Algier had the, a great rookie season with them last year. And Cordero Patterson has been with them now for a few years and is fantastic. And if you guys know, if you tuned in two days ago, I had my takeaways from Falcons camp. And one of them is that Cordero Patterson has a massive role in this offense. He really, really does. So I would be rostering Cordero Patterson. Him being listed as a starter, I don't think is a fluke at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Bijan Robinson, though, I'm not worried. I'm not worried that he's listed as the third running back. All of these guys are starters. All of them. All of them are starters. I would not be surprised if we see a couple times where all three of these running backs are on the field at the same time. 
And then, of course, everything else is pretty standard. Desmond Ritter, Kyle Pitts, Matt Collins, Drake London. Nothing to take away there. All right. The Chargers offense. And we see already that Quentin Johnston is listed as a backup. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the starters. Joshua Palmer, another backup. Gerald Everett, the starting tight end. Austin Eckler, of course, the starting running back. With Joshua Kelly as the backup, we already know he's a fantastic handcuff to be rostering right now. Keep holding on to Joshua Kelly for sure. Easton Stick has earned the backup role over Mac Duggan so far. Max Duggan hasn't shown enough. As, unfortunately, you know, he had a good college career or college season really last year. Um, I hope that he can become the backup. I do, you know, like him. I like, I, I, I'm rostering him if I own Justin Herbert in Superflex Leagues, maybe throw Duggan on the taxi squad. But as of now, Easton Stick is the backup. The Bills, the Bills. This is the Bills. Wide receiver Gabe Davis is a starter. Stephon Diggs is a starter. And Deontay Harty or Khalil Shakir is the other wide receiver. I do think that'll end up developing into Khalil Shakir. He impressed when he had opportunity last year, and I think he continually will. Plus, he's young. So I do think this is Khalil Shakir's role. James Cook, of, of course, the starter. Josh Allen, of course, the starter. And Dawson Knox, of course, listed as the starter now. It is probably, like I said, with Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki. Don Kincaid probably just lining up out wide as a receiver a little bit more than as the traditional tight end. Uh, on the 49ers, we've got Brandon Ayuk. We've got Debo Samuel as the starters. And for running back, of course, we've got Christian McCaffrey with Mitchell behind him. Brock Purdy listed as the starter with Trey Lance or Sam Darnold as the next quarterback. This to me reads that there's just trying to show that Trey Lance is still okay for trade value. I think if if uh, they came out and said that Sam Darnold was the backup, they wouldn't get a single penny for Trey Lance. So I think this is kind of just a saving face move right now. I think that Sam Darnold actually has the backup job, unfortunately for Trey Lance, but they're doing this or here to kind of leave it open and let teams believe that Trey Lance still has something. I think we're going to see him move pretty shortly. Next, we have the Raiders. And uh, I mean, like most of these, there's not much to take away uh, with Josh Jacobs, of course, not reporting. Zamir White is listed as the starter. That's good to see. Hunter Renfro listed as a starter. Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams, of course. Austin Hooper listed as the starting tight end over Michael Mayer. I think that'll be the case for a couple games. I don't think this will be like the Dalton Kincaid situation. Uh, where Michael Mayer will be used as out wide or something. I do think Michael Mayer needs to play a more traditional tight end role. So I do think that Austin Hooper is the starter right now. And then it'll be Michael Mayer sooner rather than later. Next up, we have the Colts depth chart. This is Michael Pittman, of course, Alec Pierce, and Isaiah McKenzie right now listed as the starter over Josh Downs. I do think it'll be Josh Downs sooner rather than later as well. But since you bring in Isaiah McKenzie, who was a decent producer for Buffalo, it makes sense to go ahead and give him the starting job. Right now, Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson is the starter. I think Gardner Minshew has an out, outside chance to start week one, but Anthony Richardson probably will and continuously start for the rest of the year. I do really believe that this team believes in Anthony Richardson. And the best way for him to learn is to just go out there and play ball. Just go out there and play ball. And Jonathan Taylor, even though he's not really reporting, is listed as the starter with Zach Moss and Evan Hole behind him. Deion Jackson bumped all the way down, which I think is very, very interesting to note. The Cowboys depth chart. The, again, nothing really fantastic here. 
We've got Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot listed as starting tight ends with Schoonmaker behind both of them. I do definitely believe that'll change by the end of the year. Luke Schoonmaker is someone you need to be getting. CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, the starting wide receivers. Nothing to take away there. That's pretty expected. Jalen Tolbert hopes to make a push, but hasn't. Tony Pollard, the starting running back, and officially now Rico Doddle has beat out Malik Davis for the backup job. And Ronald Jones all the way back as RB4. No surprise there. Ronald Jones is washed. Go get yourself some Rico Dowdle, though. This is the Browns depth chart. We've got Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Elijah Moore as the starting wide receivers. You love to see the three wide receiver set already hinted at. David Ajoku, the starting tight end. Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford. Right there. Looks like Felton needs to be rostered as Jerome Ford did get hurt. Felton could end up being that backup. Dorian Thompson Robinson all the way back as quarterback four. He looked good in preseason, so I hope he can, you know, move himself up to the backup. I do like myself some DTR. Next up, we have the Panthers. The Panthers. DJ Chark. Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo listed as the starters with Terrace Marshall and Chanel as backup. As I've told you guys, I love Jonathan Mingo just because he's a rookie. That's it. I love the fact that they've brought in a rookie wide receiver to grow with the rookie quarterback. I think that the Mingo-Young connection will grow and start off on a hot note. So I like getting myself some Jonathan Mingo. And I'm glad to see um, the fact that he's already listed as a starter. And then Bryce Young, of course, already got the job good for him. And Miles Sanders there as well. Now for the Steelers depth chart, we've got Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Allen Robinson listed as the starters. Kenny Pickett, of course, the running back, Najee, or the quarterback, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, the starting running backs, Pat Fryermuth, the starting tight end. Nothing here really to take away. Broderick Jones, not starting yet, but I'm sure he will at some point. Darnell Washington, really far down the list. I think that'll continue. I mean, Zach Gentry and Connor Hayward are great backup tight ends. Darnell Washington's just kind of there right now. I think it was worth the pick, but he's definitely a project. Uh, not much other takeaways otherwise. I mean, this is, of course, shaped out how we expected it to. I do think it's interesting that they're talking about three wide receiver sets with Allen Robinson. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, we have the Buccaneers. We have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cade Otten, Baker Mayfield, or Kyle Trask. We've been talking about that a ton. Russell Gage listed as a starter. And Rashad White listed as a starter, of course. Again, no major takeaways here except for the fact these quarterbacks haven't been decided yet. It is Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Next up, we have the Bengals. Jamar Chase, of course. Irv Smith, of course. Tyler Borti Higgins, of course. And with Joe Burrow being injured, they have Trevor Simeon listed as the starter. You might as well roster Trevor Simeon if you can. And Joe Mixon is listed as the running back. No surprises here again. You know, the, these are pretty standard. Big takeaway, Travion Williams is the backup with Chris Evans next and then Chase Brown a little bit further down. Now the Texans, CJ Stroud, like Bryce Young, has already earned the starter job. Damian Pierce is the starting running back. Robert Woods and Nico Collins are listed as the starting wide receivers. John Mechie far down. Tank Dell also a backup. I think John Mechie just has to prove himself, but I do believe at some point he'll end up being the slot guy. It does make sense for Nico Collins and Robert Woods to be the starters early in the year, but I do think that'll change. 
no other takeaways. Actually, Zazavian Holiday should be a little bit higher, but it makes sense given you know the draft capital, which was basically non-existent. The Lions, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Marvin Jones. These starting wide receivers. Jamison Williams not listed as a starter, but probably because he's you know not starting. Josh Reynolds, the other wide receiver with Khalif Raymond right behind him. Pretty good. Makes sense. Jared Goff as the quarterback. David Montgomery as the starting running back with Jameer Gibbs. I think that makes sense. I think that's kind of similar to the Falcons, right? I mean, you're not just going to go ahead and give the, the rookie the starting job. And David Montgomery is the more traditional running back. He'll be listed as the starter with, of course, Jameer Gibbs getting a ton of work. Sam Laporta not listed as the starter yet, surprisingly with that Brock Wright being the starter. But again, I do believe that these rookie tight ends just aren't listed as a starter immediately, but will get it. Sam Laporta for sure will be the starter sooner rather than later. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua, Tunga Viola, these starters that we already knew. There's two running backs here, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson listed as starters with A-Chain actually really far down. Again, I think that'll change. It's probably just because he's a rookie that he's so low. But Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert being there together, cool to see. It looks like Raheem Mostert is the main starter, but I don't necessarily know how to read this for sure. I mean, there's two of them here. Mostert's on top, so I'm going to go with him. The Saints depth chart. Michael Thomas, the starting wide receiver. Chris Salave, the other one. Jawan Johnson or Taysom Hill as the tight end. I think that's interesting. Jawan Johnson, probably the more traditional tight end, but we have heard reports from camp that Taysom Hill is doing plenty of tight end and receiving work. Alvin Kamara, the starting running back with Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller right behind him. Makes sense. No other big takeaways there. Here's the Chiefs. We've got Kadarius Toney, Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco. Everything here is really the expected. Sky Moore listed as a starter finally. We love to see that. Richie James right behind him. Of course, Noah Gray right behind Travis Kelsey. Jerry McKinnon. We see Daenerys Prince really far down, but I do think he's going to bump up. I think he will end up beating out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Here's the Bears depth chart. We've got DJ Moore. We've got Darnell Mooney as the starters. Chase Claypool next. And then we've got Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert listed as the starter. Roshan Johnson listed the fifth running back. Wow. All the way behind Travis Homer and Treston Ebner. That's interesting for sure. You, you, I mean, everything you've heard is that they've already been impressed with him. So I'm surprised he's not at least listed as the third running back. We'll see how that develops over preseason. Of course, he's got the talent to work his way up. Uh, but that's not that's not good to see. Not good to see him all the way behind those guys. Titans. Traylon Burks. Starting tight end, Trayvon Wesco. Okay. And Chigo Conquo, the other one. So two tight end sets with uh, DeAndre Hopkins as the other wide receiver, of course. And then Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. Hassan Haskins still listed as the backup with Tajay Spears behind him. Find that interesting for sure. Uh, looks like they're not expecting anything to happen with Hassan Haskins. The Packers, Christian Watson, Ro Romeo Dubs, Samori Torre. Wow, Samori Torre, who has the FBS record for most receiving yards in a game, listed as the starter above Jaden Reed. That's interesting. And Luke Musgrave, the starting tight end. This is the only rookie wide or rookie tight end who's earned that job so far. So congrats to him. The rest of it is pretty standard. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Jordan Love, the starters. Cardinals, Marquise Brown. Zach Ertz over Trey McBride. Wow, but he's in a bracket. So I don't really know what that means. That's interesting. Oh, he's injured. Same with Kyler Murray, also in the brackets. James Conner, Keontae Ingram, as expected. Zach Pascal over Michael Wilson is interesting. Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown, the starters, though, as expected. Those are all the depth charts, everyone. Thank you for tuning in.
This has been a fantastic episode. Thank you for watching. I'm Jason. You guys were a great audience. You have a fantastic Wednesday and rest of your week. Have a good one. Peace.